welcome to This Is Life. Hello, everybody. I hope you guys have had a wonderful end of the summer. I know that things are kind of wrapping up here. It, of course, you can't really tell if you look at the weather, right? In most cases, uh, it's pretty still pretty warm out there. Um, you know, I was just talking to a friend of mine who, this morning who lives in Arizona, and they were telling me that they uh, are having heat indexes of like 115, 107. No, not even just heat index, just temperature, I think. I'm used to saying heat index because if it gets that high in Kansas, it's heat index. But no, just the air temperature is like 115, 117. Uh, and uh, yeah, woof. Um, not, not for the faint of heart. So hopefully everybody out there, you guys are staying cool and staying safe and, you know, trying to just make sense of what's going on in the world today. Uh, you know, I, I just I want to let you guys know again, as much as I appreciate every one of you guys for listening, uh, I know that. I've uh, not been real, I guess I said before, I've not been real, uh, you know, um, consistent, but I'm definitely trying to get back on the horse. I definitely miss doing the show. I miss talking to you guys. I miss you know, hearing from you. Uh, and I, so it's just it's just always nice just to kind of get back in the saddle. And so here we are. We're once again just talking. And, and I have a lot of things I want to share today. I watched a Netflix show last night. You know, I've just kind of just been... I don't know, just um, just trying to find something good to watch, you know? I mean, in the evenings, you know, my wife and my child go to bed, and I don't want to watch just junk, you know? I'm trying to watch something that is fulfilling. Of course, this is Shark Week, so that's always fun, you know? But there's only so many documentaries you can watch on sharks and their predatory behaviors and how they're going into places they shouldn't be and blah, 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 <laughs> you know, or about the Megalodon, you know? And so uh, I went on Netflix and I just kind of went through the documentaries and some of the true stories, things like that. Those are always interesting. And one caught my attention that I was not expecting to see on Netflix. And it was called, uh, oh, goodness, of course, I, I got it in my mind here, American Gospel. American Gospel and then subtitled Christ Alone. And it kind of piqued my interest. I was like, that is an interesting topic for a something to see on Netflix. And I read the description, and it was basically talking about uh, the falsities of, of of most American Christians and, and the churches in America, and how we are uh, sending a false gospel. So, of course, that piqued my attention. I'm like, okay, well, let's let's go, let's go roll for it. And I don't really know much about the details of the who who produced it, who made it. Um, but it was just mesmerizing for the next two hours. I was just sitting there just like, as if I was sitting in a pew of a really good preacher, just amen. And it's like, I mean, I was just like, wow, this is really good stuff. And this is really, yeah, I'm always on the, I'm always in the mood for truth. I, I, I seek, you know, to know if I'm going to study scripture, if I want to know more about God, if I want to know more about being a disciple of God, I want truth. I don't want fluff. I don't want something that's just going to make me feel good. I want something that is going to challenge me or make me want to, you know, grow closer to God or to love his, you know, love people more just like Jesus. You know, that that's my whole desire is to know what the gospel means. And, and I read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then I read about the epistles and the apostles and those who spread the word of Jesus, you know, in the New Testament, you know, all of them just had this, this desire that to me seems like it comes from, an, I guess it has to come from God only, it has to come from the Holy Spirit just to be able to endure um, the, whatever it takes to make sure the gospel message gets out. And I think that we've lost a lot of that, you know. Uh, Christians, we in America, most of us have just become really spoiled. And, and, and I think in a way that we've kind of become... Um, like real all about us and not a be about God or about other people. And, and, and that's completely opposite as we've talked about on the show over and over and over again of what Christ was about. 
And Christ says, I'll, you know, the Lord, the God, Father, he'll take care of you. You just worry about loving God with all your heart, mind, soul, and, and spirit and body and all of yourself and love your neighbor as yourself. You do those two things, then God will take care of you. Uh, whereas in most people's understandings of Christianity and church and feel good, you know, teachings, it's about what God can do for me. You know, well, what, what, what can I do? Or do I have enough faith to receive and to believe this? And will it happen? And, and then a lot of times, of course, like we've talked about, life happens and people get you know, just just things happen in life. We get sick, our children get sick, or we lose our job, or we have a, you know, God forbid, a fire. You know, destroys everything we own. I mean, uh, just whatever. Take your pick, and all the bad things that can happen in this world. A tornado comes through, or a hurricane. You know, and all of a sudden, the 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 God that you've been praying to, that you've been expecting, because you've sown in your offerings, or because you've given faith and believed, all of a sudden you're tempted to think that He abandoned you because bad things are happening. When you could have all the faith in the world, and yet these things happen, you're like left wondering why. And I think it's because we've just lost the art of understanding that regardless of what happens in this life, that God is still sovereign and that every single thing that is ever going to happen, has happened and will happen is all in his will. We can't push God one way or the other. Now we can plead. We can, I mean, there, there's scriptures that talk about how we can have just, you know, uh, plead for God and to beg and to, and, and to really, you know, focus center on what we, our needs are and then God will hear us. But ultimately, it's his decision. And I would rather it that way, frankly. I, a lot of times in my life, I've realized that, you know, I think Garth Brooks even had a song, right? Thank God for unanswered prayers, you know, where there's just sometimes where God knows better than what we know and that he may not answer our prayers or may not give us exactly what we want right now, but he always has a, a two things always happen. We Number one, we always get what we need, okay? And number two, he will always be glorified. And I don't, I'm okay with that. I want God to be glorified because I'm imperfect. I'm not righteous in my own understanding. God is the only one who is truly righteous. God's the only one who's true, truly perfect. And if he gets the glory, that means everybody benefits. And I'm okay with that. If Sean has to put himself down or, you know, if I have to be set aside in order for God to be glorified so that others can be lifted up and experience God, that's okay. And, and I think that we've lost that understanding. You know, we, we become selfish sometimes. And I just I don't ever want anybody to get in that trap. So if you find yourself just always complaining about life and, and not, you know, why things aren't going your way, ask yourself, are things going God's way? And you'll have a different perspective. Now, I understand this life is going to be tough and there's going, we're going to experience really tough times. <laughs> But in America, especially, guys, we have to realize that our lives are way better than most Christians in history. Um, I mean, we don't have to suffer the the persecution that Christians have had to suffer in order to for, for us to even receive our an understanding of Christ who is today. I mean— Stephen, for example, one of the greatest evangelists, uh, you know, he, he had a good life. God gave him a really good life, but his good life was being stoned at the end of his life. The Apostle Peter was hung upside down on a cross and killed, but he had lived a good life. You know what I'm saying? Because there was a life that God planned and set out for a purpose for there for, for him to be glorified. And I think that we just have to have an understanding that in order to, for God to be glorified, we have to understand that we are his servants. Now, when we are his children, yes, he takes care of us, 
But he takes care of us so that he can be glorified so that all may benefit. And I think that is where we just need to really keep our hearts and our minds for that, that, that Christianity is not, should not be selfish. It should be selfless. And, you know, if we trust and believe and have hope that God will supply our every need, then we have to just rely and believe that that is true. And we let him take control. Um, anyway, so I want to kind of go to some scripture and, and I hope that, I hope that you guys are still listening. Cause I know I've said a lot in the last first 10 minutes here, first five minutes, but I just I think that it's important for us to just really grasp a hold of what it means to be a disciple of Christ and not just a believer in Christ, not just one who believes that Jesus is the Savior and that we confess him with our sin. But like if we really want to be one who who lives Christ, who has the mind of Christ, who shares Christ, who gives the gospel, who shares others that gospel with others, we have to first fall in love with him. And the only way that we can truly fall in love with God is by getting to know him more and by putting ourselves off. I mean, that's how I fall in love with my wife, right? I mean, every single day when I wake up, you know, if I want, you know, I, I'm okay. If I have to give of myself to make sure that my wife is happier, you know, if I have to, you know, sacrifice a little bit more, make sure I can put my clothes in the hamper. I have a bad habit of just throwing my clothes off and I take them off and get in the shower, put them on the floor. That's easy. That's just natural, you know, but I have to remember that, you know, and actually make a second step to be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to put those clothes in the dryer and the hamper because it helps my wife, you know, so she doesn't have to walk around, you know, and pick up my clothes all over the place or my shoes. You know, I tend to just fly my shoes off everywhere. You know, I, I, I give of myself in even those little ways to make sure that my wife is, 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 is just has an understanding that I love her more than myself. And I, that that's what it's really about. It's about just us loving the world and loving the people in the world. And showing that gospel love to them um, so that God can be glorified in, in all things. Um, I want to go to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And this is talking about Paul's sufferings. And he didn't, he, he, when I'm reading this, I, I, I haven't read it in a while. And so I'm reading it again, Ava. It, just, it makes me laugh because it reminds me just how Paul. I mean, it's, it's almost like he reached a boiling point in these scriptures. It's like he's finally just tired of people complaining, tired of people just whining and, and, and just saying you know, how persecuted they are and how, how tired they are and how, you know, how they're, um, you know, basically nobody likes me, you know, that kind of deal. And he's like, listen, do you really want to know what, what true suffering is like? Like, do you want to know what true persecution is? Because I don't think you understand. I don't think you like Princess Bride. Uh, these words don't mean what I think you think they mean. Right. And I, I think in a way in Christianity, we're kind of that way right now in America, like, you know, because we have to wear a mask uh, to go to church or because we have to have church outside or, you know, we, 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 we were saying that we're persecuted. I mean, I just come on now. I mean, no, no one's putting us in jails. No one's throwing us in the fiery furnaces like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Nobody's, you know, <laughs> knocking on our doors and, and, you know, taking away our Bibles. I mean, come on. You know, we have a, a long ways to go before we consider ourselves persecuted. And I don't even think personally speaking that we're warm marching in that direction. Um, I think that, you know, we have to understand that. And even if that were to happen, okay, big deal. Uh, God is still sovereign. He's still on the throne and no amount of persecution towards us as believers is going to change that. And he is ultimately in control, not me. And if I have to die to self so that God may get gain, so be it. Second Corinthians eleven sixteen. 
He says, I repeat, let no one take me for a fool, but if you do, then receive me just as you would a fool. So that I may do a little boasting. He's like, okay, listen, I'm kind of got to this point where I'm going to sound like I'm going to sound like a madman here. This is not something you're used to hearing me talk about. But you know, hey, at the very least, if receive if I sound like a fool, then receive me as a fool. But at least listen to what I'm having to say. Verse 17. In this self-confident boasting, I'm not talking as the Lord would, but as a fool. So he's saying this is not God. This is just me coming here from my heart. Since many are boasting in the way the world does, okay, I too will boast. You gladly put up with fools since you are so wise. In fact, you even put up with anyone who enslaves you or exploits you or takes advantage of you or pushes himself forward or slaps you in the face. I think this can be said even of America today. We do put up with a lot of if anybody who exploits us, uh, takes advantage of us. And unfortunately, a lot of even preachers are taking advantage of people. And we just let it happen, you know, and it's like. Uh, those times have to come to an end. If we want true Christianity and true righteousness and the true gospel message to get out, we have to stop taking advantage of one another. Pastors, I'm specifically talking to you even. You know, you are in a leadership position. I'm just tired of hearing about pastors and leaders, you know, who take advantage of the flocks with the finances or take advantage of, 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 of you know, oh, it's the worst. It's like when I hear about, um, you know, uh, uh, adultery in the church or, you know, um, just infidelity or, I mean, just hypocrisy of all sorts of kinds. We've got to stop. Just do better. Anyway, verse 21. To my shame, I admit that we're too weak for that. What anyone else dares to boast about, I am speaking as a fool. I also dare to boast about. So he goes, so are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they Abraham's descendants? So am I. So he's like, he's kind of letting everybody know, listen, we're all going to get it. We're all in the same working. We're all in the same type. We all came from the same um, uh, origin story here. You know, we have a lot in common. Are they servants of Christ? Then he puts in parentheses, I'm out of my mind to talk like this. Like, I can just see him thinking like, okay, now they're about to, you know, like, I, I can't believe I'm about to say what I'm about to say. He goes, I... He goes, are they servants of Christ? And then he parentheses, I'm out of my mind to talk like this. I am more. In other words, I am more than just a servant of Christ. I've worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. 39. Okay, he's telling you, I received 39 lashes from the Jews. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked, I spent a night and a day in the open sea, I've been constantly on the move, I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at the sea, and in danger from false brothers. I have labored and toiled, have gone without sleep often. I have known hunger and thirst, and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face the daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Okay. Guys, wow. Think about it. Paul's like, listen, okay, you want to boast? You want to complain about your little, you oh, you have to wear a mask? Oh, you have to go worship outside? Oh, you can't have church this weekend? You have to have a do it on a Zoom? He's like, listen, I received 39 lashes from the Jews. I was beaten with rods. I was stoned. I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea over and over and all the things he's mentioning. That makes me want to say that to today's believers. Like, listen, shake yourself up. 
Wake up, Christians. Wake up, American Christians. We're not being persecuted. We have so, we're spending so much time on complaining about the things that we don't have that we're not giving the love of Jesus to everybody who needs it. This is an awesome, perfect, beautiful time for us as believers to spread the gospel, love, and message of Jesus Christ because people are hurting. People are confused. People are, uh, you know, um, being affected in, in, in horrible ways that this, 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 this 2020 year, you know, it's, it's, it's become its own definition of misery. <laughs> and we have the answer. We have the hope in Jesus that lives inside of us that can give people peace when there seems to be no peace, that gives people love when there seems to be no love, and kindness and goodness and joy and meekness and all the fruits of the Spirit that we have that sustain you and me through these tough times. We have it. Why are we not sharing those things with the people who need it the most, and that is the rest of the world? But no, we sit here and we complain. And we complain and we complain and we talk about how all the how the world's going to hell in a handbasket and how how, you know, the new world order is coming upon us and how we're, you know, the microchips going to be in the vaccine. And, and we have we, we, we latch on to every single conspiracy theory out there. I mean, I get it. I know that things aren't always as they seem and that there's going to be room for the end of days in the future. I get it. I believe it. I know it. I've been around it. But that is not supposed to be the focus, the focus, the focus is supposed to be regardless of what's going on in the world Jesus first Jesus first and like Jesus loving others as ourselves that's it we love God we love our neighbors that's what sustains us that's what keeps us moving and it keeps us just in the right place in God because we understand at that point it becomes so much less about us and so much more about God the Father because he is sovereign and regardless of what happens to us here in this world, good, bad, ugly, indifferent, or neutral, he is still God. He still orchestrates every single thing that happens. He declared the end from the beginning. There's several scriptures that talk about that, how God declared the end from the beginning. Before the beginning even happened, he had already declared what was going to happen in the end. So there's nothing you or I can do to change his will. All we can do is the hope that 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 we are able to be in it and 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 and, and, and well I don't, I don't know I guess just 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 I mean I don't know to me there's rest in that there's rest in knowing that I don't have to that the, that my works don't mean a hill of beans because I have full understanding and faith and trust and hope in God's grace and it's not like so we can just give up but it's more so that we can appreciate it it's more so that we can just rest in God and rest in knowing that that regardless of what happens to us on this earth that he's still God and he still is going to make a way for his goodness to shine and he literally wills goodness into every bad situation literally every and that, 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 that's scripture that and, and that's truth that every single bad situation every single bad thing that happens in this world okay that the devil may in for harm God wills it into good and, you know, to me, there's nothing more safety. There's nothing more beautiful than that. And I'm not going to sit around and be complaining because I don't have the nicest car, or the nicest house. You know, God, I'm just grateful that I have a car. I'm grateful that I have a house. I'm grateful that I have a family. You know, I'm hopeful and prayerful for those who don't but desire those things, you know. But it's just about being content, not being content like you don't 
want to work harder, but being content in knowing that God is the one who's completely in charge and that every single thing we do, we put our hands to, we do it as if we're doing it unto the Lord. I want to go to, uh, I talked a little earlier, a little bit ago about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And I just mentioned their names because I want to talk about them now because I think that it's important to to gain some wisdom from their story. For those of you who don't know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Again, these are uh, names we don't use anymore, but these were three young men who were around the time of this great king called Nebuchadnezzar. Again, they, they liked their long names back then, I guess. I don't know. This is not Bob, Jim, and Harry, you know? So uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they were servants and, 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 and lovers of God. And and Hebrews themselves, and they were defiant against the king who had decreed for all to worship a false god. And they said, uh, thanks, but no thanks. We're not going to do that. We have our God that we worship, and you know we could do whatever you want to us, but we're not going to bow the knee to any other god but our God. And we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But it reminded me of, man, when I was younger and I was a youth pastor, uh, our youth group's name was called Righteously Defiant. And man, this, when I was reading the story just of the Shattered Mission I could go, it just kind of took me back to those times in youth group when I would preach message about Job and about Shattered Mission I could go and about Gideon and, and, and others, you know, you know, Esther and other people in the Bible who just were righteously defiant, you know, who were, they were morally right. They were justifiable. They had the, they were orchestrated and, and directed by the God, by God, but yet they had an open resistance and a disobedience, a bold disobedience to those who were in authority, who were telling them or were commanding of them to do things opposite of their faith. And they were, just that righteously defiant. And I mean, I think, you know, we don't necessarily have that experience today, but we definitely have that experience, you know, with, um, against the enemy, against the spiritual enemy, you know, uh, at the very least, you know, we can be righteously defiant against the devil, against, you know, against, uh, our, actually not even just against the devil, but just against our own flesh, against our own desires. You know, how many know that we are constantly every single day having to fight against the desires of the flesh and the things that our body and our mind, and our our own uh, you know desires want us to do our own temptations, but yet we know that they are the opposite of what God's perfect will is, and so we have a continue to fight with them. And it's okay to be righteously defiant against those things that are going to harm be harmful, or sinful, or disobedient to God. Um, but just in an open scale, I think there's an understanding that we. And there's there's a lot more room for righteously defiant in the Christian church because we have to just be more mindful that our decisions that we make, are they for the betterment of God or before ourselves? And um, it would be really easy for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to, to be selfish and to be like, well, okay, I about that. Well, I'll, I'll show you here. Let's just read it. Daniel chapter 3, verse 8. Uh, Daniel chapter 3, verse 8. I'll read it to you. It says, at this time, some astrologers came forward and denounced the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. That's one way to get good on King Nebuchadnezzar, who's a real egomaniac. So if you wanted to get on his good side, just tell him how awesome he was. You have issued a decree, O king, that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, uh, or maybe it's a lyre, I'm not, just a harp, pipes, and all kinds of music, 
must fall down and worship the image of gold. And that whosoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into a blazing furnace. So that was Nebuchadnezzar's jam. It was more, I think, of a, again, an egomaniac thing. Basically, I'm going to make people uh, just to see what they do. I'm going to make them bow down and worship this image of gold. And I, I think it was less about the image of gold. It was more about what can I do as a king to control my people. Um, and he was, he was basically one of the world's first dictators. And so he says, anytime that you hear this music, anytime you hear the flute and the harp or whatever, the sound of the horn, any of these things, all kinds of music immediately, no matter what you're doing, you could be playing PlayStation, whatever you're doing, just fall down and worship the image of gold. But if you don't, okay, and this is kind of a control issue, if you do not fall down and worship, then you're going to be thrown into a blazing furnace, which doesn't sound fun for anybody, right? Verse 12, but there are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, who pay no attention to you, O king. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold that you have set up. Okay, this is getting Nebuchadnezzar's attention. Okay, so I've put these three uh, Hebrews in charge over the affairs of the province of Babylon. So obviously they hold some sort of stature. But yeah, these are, they're not listening and they're not doing what I'm asked them to do. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were then brought before the king. And Nebuchadnezzar said unto them, Is this true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of the gold that I have set up? Tell me it's not true, fellas. Really? That's what he's saying. He's like, I just, 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 I, I put you over in charge of Babylon. We have this good arrangement going on. Tell me it's not true that you are not doing what I'm asking to do. He goes on to say, um, let's see here. Verse 16 says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not... Did I miss a hand? Okay, I'm sorry. I'll go back to 15. Excuse me. Sorry. Now, I'll read 14 and then we'll go to 15. And Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold that I have set up? Now, when you hear the sound of the hort, the, the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipes, and all kind of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good, okay? But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Again, egomaniac. So he's saying, I'll give you one more chance. We're going to throw on the music. And you need to bow to the image of gold. But if you don't, then there's a blazing furnace waiting with, it, with your name on it. Verse 16. That's where it gets good. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this manner. In other words, do whatever you want to us. It's not about us. and has never been about us. If we are thrown, verse 17, into the blazing furnace... The God we serve is, listen, is able to save us from it. And he will rescue us from your hand, O king. He is able and he will do it. But listen, listen, verse 18. But even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Right there, guys. Those are the three takeaways that we need to understand when we're faced with a blazing furnace of our own. Number one, that God is able to save us from it and that he will do it. But even if he does not, 
He is still sovereign God, and I and we still love him. Think about the comfort that comes in those words. Think about it, you know, and I get it. You know, I I have been around families who have had to suffer things that nobody should ever have to suffer. You know, I've I've been around families with children who have had cancer. I've had I've had to deal with families who are going through terrible divorces in their family, or you know, abuse in their family, or drug addiction or alcohol addiction, things that just tear families apart. And there's so many prayers going up saying, God, save us from this misery. Help us, God. Help us to, to you know, take this cancer away. Take this addiction away. You know, help provide the, 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 the means so that we can, you know, even have groceries this week. All of these things happen. And so you have this belief that understanding that God is able to do it and that he will do it. But even if he does not, that God is still king. And that, my friends, is true discipleship. That is when you're saying, God is not about me. I believe and I trust in you. And regardless, let me tell you, let me just give you a little secret. Regardless if you believe it or not, it doesn't matter because God is still will. It's going to happen regardless. So we might as well just accept the fact and, and acknowledge it so that when God's glory does come, we see it for what it truly is and we're able to grow from it and gain so much the more. And also so we can be able to recognize his miracles when they do happen because uh, if we're blind to it, we could God could be doing all sorts of wondrous, beautiful things around us, but because we've rejected God, we don't see them, and we miss out. Verse 19. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude towards them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual. Okay, he fired him up, literally. And commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So he got, not only he was like, I'm going to throw you guys in the furnace, we're going to go and ignite it seven times hotter. Oh, and I'm going to get the strongest soldiers that I have to throw you in there. So these men, verse 21, these men wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. <clears throat> the king's command was so urgent and the furnace was so hot that the flames of fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego. That's how hot it was, is that these soldiers that were in charge of throwing them into the fire, they themselves ended up being burned in the furnace. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, uh, weren't there just three men that we tied and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly, O king, yeah, that's correct. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like the son of the gods. Okay, Nebuchadnezzar, now that, that real quick, that can be theological law. Some people say it was Jesus. Some people say it was God the Father, the Holy Spirit, an angel. I don't know what it was. All I know is that it was a presence of God, I believe, at the very least, showing and, and giving Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego peace in the midst of a, of a fiery storm. And that is exactly what God will do for us. Okay, and even if he doesn't, but if when he does, he'll be there right there next to you so you don't have to endure the fire alone. And I think even then, regardless, I mean, I don't know how, I just got a revelation. Think about it, guys. Even when we are going through the fiery furnace and we may be surrounded by the effects of what is happening to us, isn't that true, though? 
that God is right there beside us, taking it, you know, that we may be still feeling some pain, but yet knowing that God is there with us gives us some sort of peace that allows us to endure. Never thought that bad. That's true. So regardless, he's always there. Regardless what happens around us, they they were still thrown in the fire. They were still surrounded by the pain, but yet God was right there with them the whole time. Verse 26, Nebuchadnezzar, they approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire. And the satraps, prefects, governors, royals, advisors crowded all around them. And they saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was the hair of their heads singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore I shall decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces and their houses be turned into piles of rubble, for no other god can save in this way. Nebuchadnezzar still being Nebuchadnezzar. He, obviously he hadn't got it yet. He just was so awestruck by the power of, of the god of, of, of God in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that now he's like completely opposite. Uh, he obviously still has, still has a lot to learn if he's making people be cut into pieces and the house has turned into rubble if they don't, you know, love the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The point is this, guys, is that we are going to be thrown opportunities to be in our own fiery furnaces, our own shipwrecks like Paul, our own lashes. Uh, God bless God. You know, I'm a guy. You know, I, I'm I'm so grateful that I do live in this country, that in America, that we are not, that I'm not persecuted for my faith. I can still preach this message on a podcast freely without fear of anybody coming in and taking away my microphone, you know, or telling me I can't do it. And, or in, you know, or that I can't share my, I, I can't read Bible stories to my daughter every night. I mean, uh, we live in a very blessed nation. And as long as that's happening, guys, we have opportunity. And let's just stop complaining. I think that's the whole message of today is to stop complaining. Stop acting like, like the world owes you something when the world owes you nothing. And stop acting like God owes you something when God owes you nothing. We owe God everything. Because if it wasn't for him and his son, Jesus Christ, you know, we deserve uh, eternal damnation. But because of his grace, because of our acceptance and love for him, he covered that multitude of sins on the cross, and now we're able to live forever with him. And to have this access to this grace and this love and the fruits of the Spirit. And it's important that we take this understanding and go out into all the world and preach the gospel and let them know that the God who loves you and loves me loves them very, very much. So let's take it. Let's go forth. Let's stay strong in our faith, be righteously defiant, and go out, make disciples of all men, and let other people know how much God loves them. I love you guys. Uh, hit me up with the This Is Life Pod at gmail.com. Uh, go to thisislifepod.com for latest episodes. Uh, also, I'm on Twitter. 
Uh, go to Apple iTunes and rate the show if you can, and maybe leave a review. That would be awesome. Just whatever you can to kind of help us spread the word. And uh, I really, really appreciate you guys. Have a wonderful day, wonderful weekend. Until next time, God bless you guys. Aloha and mahalo. Mm-hmm.